0: I really wake up every day and just, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful that I know I was created to do something amazing. And I'm going to put work in every day to do that. There's something I do every day for me, for my journey, for my brand strategic, for my book, Success, about the marketplace and how they don't treat Black people fairly. They expect us to be what they are in order to be successful. I do something towards that every day.
1: You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be a driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And in this episode, we have a wonderful interview. I'm really excited about sharing my guest with you today because she's someone that I came across really a long time ago and I've just always wanted to interview her and, and I finally reached out to her and she said yes and so I'm excited about that so we were able to sit down together at the beginning of last week or was it two weeks ago? have a really really lovely conversation so I'm excited about that and I really feel like in this time where it's so tough at the moment to you know I'm I'm so pleased that I'm able to bring to you on the podcast women who are inspiring women who are finding their way in life women who are living their purpose who are courageously creating their life and women who are committed to leaving a legacy and contribute to others and just like that i you know i just feel as 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 the many things that i could be doing at this time and i am doing at this time i feel proud that this is one of the things that i'm doing and i'm able to bring these amazing women to you and i feel so grateful for the women that i reach out to say yes and I just love that about them all, so beyond that, and before we come back to Michelle, I really have no words this week i I was trying to think of what I wanted to share about this week. I just don't have any words i you know the protests are continuing. the movement is mounting, and And whilst I get clarity about what I'm doing and how I can contribute in this moment, there's also lots of like realizations and pain and and, as well. So I wanted to read to you and share with you where I one of the places that I go when I need to lean somewhere so I can get help to myself. You know, you know, I am a staunch supporter of Dr. Maya Angelou, who I discovered when. I think I was 17 or 18 years old. That was a long time ago. If you're trying to do the math, it was a very long time ago, so. And I go back to her often as my guide and when I need to feel empowered as well. And so I wanted to read out And Still I Rise. And it was the title of last week's episode that I reposted because it's the poem that Dr. Nicola Rollick goes to herself when she needs to regroup and resource herself and so I wanted to read it out loud you may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies you may trod me in the very dirt but still like dust I'll rise does my sassiness upset you why are you beset with gloom because I walk like I got oil wells pumping in my living room Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard because I laugh? (laughs) like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise, up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise, I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise, into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. So Michelle, Michelle G is a proven executive that has worked for some of the most powerful media companies in the world. She currently serves as the managing partner for Strategic Alliance. A small part of her legacy is her tenure at BET. As SVP of media sales for BET, which was her, her, BET Her, which was formerly Centric TV, she was instrumental in rebranding Centric as the first network designed for black women. And then again into being to be to her. Michelle has been honored numerous times and continues to give back to her community in numerous ways. She's the author of three books: "Strategic Chic: Life and Career Winning Strategies for Women," "Strategic Chic 2.0: Her Plan, Her Power, Her Purpose, and Success on Your on Your Terms." After losing her dad to cancer in 1997. Michelle decided to go back to school and receive her Bachelor of Arts from Golden Gate University at the age of 30. And in May 2017, she was honoured with an Honorary Doctorate of Humane Letters from her alma mater. I give you Michelle G. Michelle, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Thank you for
0: having me. It's an, it's an
1: honor. And, and
0: I am I'm hope I'm on here because I'm a woman who has drive.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> oh totally. Listen, absolutely. And when you we start to ex- talk about what you've done and what you've accomplished, you're clearly a woman with drive. The exploration is, what is that drive and what motivates mm-hmm. that drive and how did you develop it? You know, I'm always interested in mm-hmm. our backgrounds and our family backgrounds and the messages that we got when we were in our early years as well, that feeds that drive as well as the, the various experiences that we have. So I'm excited for us to kind of get started on, on you sharing. Let's start then with which you sharing with our listeners. What is it that you do now? And then share a bit about what you've done before. And then let's take it from there.
0: I have been blessed uh, at this moment in time to so actually not do anything. And
1: there hasn't really been since I've been 12
0: years old to have this moment. And in that you know, doing nothing time, I'm saying it's nothing, but I'm not tied to any specific thing. Mm -hmm. So I have been able to um, think and not be in isolation, but in seclusion. And the difference is isolation is what you're forced into because of how you feel and you you know, it's not a good place, but seclusion Mm -hmm. is a place that you can self invoke, that you can allow God to be present, that you can think and and, and figure out what's next. And so that's what I'm doing. And there are so many things on my chalkboard uh, that I'm working on that the world will see that I'm really excited about. And I think everybody who's going through this moment should understand that this is so bad, but it's also such a blessing Right. and that we know that God has the final say. So I, I'm really thinking I'm writing my fourth book. I started my chalkboard transformation. Mm-hmm. I've had some amazing conversations with some amazing companies about Black women and about our power and our ability to come in and change organizations. So it's been all good. And you'll see some things coming out from me shortly hereafter.
1: That's exciting. Were you going to take this pause anyway, or is this seizing the opportunity of the pause?
0: You, you know, you're such a good question.
1: I had prayed for this pause,
0: you know, and I had put it into the universe. And we know that words have so much power. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, man, I really want an opportunity to do this. I really need some time. I really. And so this opportunity came about, and I welcomed it to think about, you know, what do I want to do with my business? How do I want to help others? How do I want to be more creative? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let me stand as an entrepreneur for at least five minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I believe that I put it into the universe and I asked for it and I prayed for you know, God, to make it happen in a way that I could still sustain myself, feel good about myself, help my friends and family, and still take care of my family um, financially, and that's exactly what God has done. So I'm I'm so grateful.
1: That's for this moment. You know, in terms of what there was to do, if you like, yeah. in that time, were you clear in the beginning? You know, as that break mm-hmm. arrived, or was it that you sitting with it and sensing into it, and then and then seeing what emerged as what needs your attention?
0: You know, and so I'll just reframe that question. Like there are things that happen in life that, you know, you know, we have to pivot and whether that is a self-inflicted pivot or whether that is a pivot that we weren't aware of, it doesn't really matter. The pivot is the pivot and you have to be prepared and not walk in fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because as soon as something happens or even if you wanted to do it, you know, fear has this thing that it just wants to invade your Personal space. And so I I have a mantra that, you know, fear can't live where faith resides. Mm. So I really wake up every day and just, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful that I know I was created to do something amazing. And I'm going to put work in every day to do that. So, like, there's something I do every day for me, for my journey, for my brand strategic, for my book success, for the next book that I'm writing about the marketplace and how they don't treat, you know, Black women or Black people fairly. They expect Mm. us to you know, be what they are in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. So I do something towards that every day. And I just enrolled into this amazing um, class at Cornell. It's a diversity and inclusion class.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I don't want to be a diversity inclusion, you know, executive Mm -hmm. per se. I mean, if that came along, I would, I would look at it, but that's not why I took it. I wanted to be able to back up my notion, my experience with academia, because then it's undeniable, right? right? A lot of times we have to prove ourselves, not through the experiences we've been through, but because of the credentials we carry, which right. is unfortunate. But look, if you don't play, then you can't win.
1: Exactly. And until you're
0: there, you can't change the rules. So I got the, to get into the room first before that I can say, you know, that's ridiculous, right? You yeah, know, that's so, right.
1: That's yeah, right. So
0: I, um yeah, so it doesn't really matter. The pivot is the pivot and be prepared and do something every day once you're in it.
1: Yeah. You know, what you've just said really speaks to one of the key notions to success in any space that you're in is to understand what yeah. the rules of the game are because Yo, when you don't yeah. understand the rules of the game and some of what as black women we miss out on or some of the things that I'm working with my clients when it is do you understand the rules of the game of the system that you're in and let's figure yeah. out let's look at that yeah. and then once you're clear about that then it's like now the question is do you want to play that game and if you want to play that game then you know, let's play you <laughs> know, then what do you, what is the what do you, how do you do that? How do you do that? Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly.
1: What was what's been the work that you were you were doing before this moment? You know, how have you got to this this yeah. place of the place of of the pause for
0: you? You know, most people know if they yeah. Google me or heard my sure. story um you know I'm a little girl from Oakland, California, and I grew up there and. Uh, I started working in my dad's, I didn't write this, but I started working in my dad's restaurant when I was 12 years old. And it was like a little community spot. And what that taught me was one, a customer service, which is critically important if you want to be successful, because you have to know how to read a situation, give to people. And if you can please your customer for any business, then you can be successful. Uh, But it also taught me the sense of community because so many people would gather at my father's place because it was a safe haven, it was a place that you could express and be yourself, and he had so many different politicians, and rappers, mm-hmm. and community, like, it was just, it was like a really amazing family of people in the city mm-hmm. of Oakland, and um, I've been, I worked that whole time, and then I got into, um, then I didn't graduate till I was 31 from school for a bunch of different reasons, you have to read mm-hmm. the book to, to hear about those, mm-hmm. and once I graduated from school, my, after that, my dad passed away, and I made a promise to him that I you know, make him proud of me. And of course that's all relative, you know, and I have to create what that, that proud journey looks like. You know, I've always been a people person and I was working for a telecom company and I ran to the CFO and he's like, yo, you're like, why are you in taxation? You need to be in sales (laughs) because your personality or this this." And so then I, I got into sales and then I got into the cable business through this um, program called the Walter Cates Foundation. Mm -hmm. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be in the cable business because I didn't like the way that um, my family, my people, my community were portrayed on television, okay. and so I said, if I can get into the business, then maybe I can change the outcome. Um, and at the time, I was like, I'm gonna own a television network. Now I was like, I don't really want to do that because that's <laughs> too much work. It, it's a uh, lot of work. Yes. It is a lot of work. Right? So then, um, but but I've had an opportunity, and so while I was at BET, I had an, an amazing opportunity to create a legacy for myself and for Black women by um, being the architect of BET Hers. Mm-hmm. So I um had the notion we could change Centric TV which really didn't have an identity or a brand affiliation in a really fragmented television marketplace because now there are 200 plus channels that you could choose from right. and Centric was just kind of like uh, you know it was just wavering and so created BET Her uh, for Black men and Black women I'm really proud of that contribution that I made onto uh, this community And then I said, you know, to round out that experience, I went over to the Endeavor family, which owned William Morris Agency and Mm -hmm. they own Fashion Week. And they produce all these amazing events that I worked for the agency that sat within that. So now I have a full experience. So now when I go to clients, I know how to create the content, how to monetize the content. Mm -hmm. But I also know how to serve that up to clients because now I work for a creative agency. So it really rounded out my experience as an executive. And hence now I'm sitting here and, you know, building and plotting in my little cave, my yes. little office up here about yes. what's next.
1: It's so powerful to know that you've left something that is so long lasting that that people are benefiting from every single day. And that is, is needed because we don't have enough things that are, that are really focused on us in, the broad, in broad media. It's just still, we still are starved mm. of representation yeah. and real thought about what we need and who we need to see
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah so help me understand then if you, you mentioned about these early days with and you're working in your dad's restaurant what were yeah. some of those key messages around success that you grew up with from maybe from your parents or from teachers yeah. that, that have stayed with you that you think that's facilitated where you where you are
0: you know what, to me, I mean, I think the biggest learning, you know, because like my mom was this amazing organizer. I think I got the best of both worlds. My mom <laughs> was like, was this bookkeeper. She was like this numbers person. I'm really strong at math yeah. and numbers. Um, and my dad was this free spirit salesperson. person. So, you know, like the combination of the two, I yeah. think is what I possess. But what I learned and why I wrote this third book, Success on Your Terms, is that no one gets to determine what success looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you Google the word success, almost 3 million versions of that word like it's, right. it's it's so relative and so my dad wasn't financially rich but he was a success because he was happy because he changed people's lives so he wrote his own script and so what i tell anybody who hears that do not allow the world in this time that l- we live in with social media and the pressures of being fly and cool and mm-hmm. this and that and connected like none of that matters If you're not setting the goals that you want for your life at that given time and then achieving those, and that's a success. The last thing I'll say about it is I had this notion that success was when I reached a certain title Mm -hmm. or position, but now I'm learning to actually celebrate each and every success. So my son and daughter both graduated on the honor roll, right? That is a success to me because I'm a working mom and I'm doing and I'm busy and my husband's busy, works for Bank of America and he's in the military. He's um, a JAG officer. So we're both really busy, but our kids are dope. Like they're amazing, Mm -hmm. you know, and they, you know, they both just wrote emails to their school about what are we doing about what's happening to black men and black people in our community? Like what are, what is our school doing? How are we making sure our students are safe and Mm educated? Like, I love that. So, like, I may not have a job right now, but, yo, I'm such a success.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm so amazing. I'm yeah. so shining
0: in God's vision for my life. And so I really, really want people to understand, like, other people don't get to determine what success looks
1: like for you. Right. The notions of success in the early days are the is the definitions that are given about what success is. And you're, yeah. that's through your own kind of life experience and your own self-discovery about in those moments, what really matters, or so when do I when do I really experience being successful? And it isn't necessarily when I've got a particular tile on my door. It's in those moments. I
0: think it's absolutely.
1: Let's talk about a little bit about being a working mom. You know.
0: Oh yeah. Let me sit back. I need a glass of wine. No. this is too early. <laughs> we should have been. <laughs>
1: what so what is it that you put down to your children being so grounded and so because you because yeah. as you said you travel you, you know you move a lot you're be- busy your husband as well and his demands of his job and and his work and when you say in the military I wasn't clear is he like is that a volunteer role is that a
0: no, yeah. So he's in the Army Reserves, and okay. he's an attorney. He's an okay. attorney for the Army, so it's okay. considered a JAG officer. But he's in the reserves, so he's a major, lieutenant. I don't know wow. is, in the, Okay, the Army so
1: yeah. hi, big demands from both from both you and your work yeah. and yeah. So what is it that, in terms of how you've how you've mothered and how you parent, that you think has, has yeah. got you to where you are with your children so far?
0: You know, whenever I'm talking to to moms and it is, a, it is the number one question is like, how do you do it all? And the first thing I say is I don't do it all. I don't mm-hmm. do it all. And I don't do it all by myself. And I don't do it all right. Um, <laughs> but what I do do is I don't feel guilty. And I know that I can't be everywhere. So what we do is we communicate. It's like, listen, mom wants to do this. And these are the sacrifices that will be made by all of us. And is everyone good? And if then once everyone self agrees, right? Raises Mm -hmm. their hand and says, you know, mom, I want you to do that. I think that that's a great, then they feel better about the sacrifices made along the journey. Right. A lot of times we don't even communicate. We don't want to communicate because we feel guilty that if we do that, our kids are losing something. But what they, what moms and families don't realize is that when you communicate that a lot of times they're on board, they just want to be part of the process that you're going through. Right. To reach what you're trying to get and it's been a really effective tool so before I wrote the book I said listen I'm probably going to be gone four days a week or five days a week because I'm going to be speaking I'm doing this they're like yo and then you know and I was like listen but I'll be at every event so I Mm -hmm. contact their schools ahead of time like September 1 I was like hey there I know that all the assistants at the school I was like I need the calendar for the year so I can put all important dates on my calendar including sporting events so then I can tell my team not to Schedule anything on that day. It right. really is the little things that matter, and right. showing up for the little things um, that matter. And then some of the other things that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be everywhere. And then it's teamwork. Like we have an amazing babysitter. You know, my husband is an amazing dad. Like he is all up in the mix. Yeah. Sometimes. I, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So it's it's, te- it's really really teamwork. And listen, if you're a single mom, then you got to find a community of people exactly. around you that can help you get to where you want to be. Because, you know, if you don't have the right friends and you're not getting help, then you need to eliminate them and find the ones that are going to help you, you know, get to who you you need to be, especially if you, you know, you have a family. And then it's all a village. It really, really is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, as you can hear, I'm not from the States, but when we moved here is when I truly understood how much of, I left my village behind. And I had yeah. like a couple of friends in the city, and it was it, it made my my life as a mother so much harder because I didn't have mm-hmm. that network of that my family and my friends who I could just call on. And then you have to create a new village, basically. Otherwise, it becomes yeah, un, un- and that's blockable. a whole another
0: podcast. That's a whole another. <laughs> how to weed through people and make them part of your village. Like yeah. you can have peripheral friends, but yes. to become part of your village is a whole, you know, application process.
1: Okay. Yeah. Prayer process. Yes. Yeah. yeah I've got some stories. The early <laughs> days were like, Oh my God, they are crazy. And then they yeah, my children. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And not for lack of offers, just, just what would you leave your child with them is the question. When you said you don't, you don't feel guilty. What point, was it always like that or was there like a time where you just came to a point and you said, I can't do, I can't carry a guilt around this. And there was some yeah. insight and realization.
0: Well, you know, I think it's, it's choices, right? So it's like you, we want to live this lifestyle and we want to go to this school and we want this after-school activity. So that means that mom and dad have to do this. Now, as soon as you no longer want those things, then no problem. We can change our lifestyle. Like I have no problem with that. I came from a two bedroom apartment in Oakland, California. I I'm look, I did never live like this. Okay. Right. And I'm not telling God, I don't want to live like this because I do, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying like, I'm prepared for whatever. Uh, and so, like I said, it just goes back. And once I realized to bring them part of the process, because I was carrying a burden that I didn't even have to carry Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: I'm asking myself quite, I'm negotiating against myself. I'm yes. negotiating against how I feel instead of seeing how they feel. Right. Um, and so they're like, no mom, we didn't even care about that. No mom, we don't care about that. But we do care about that. So right. it's all about communication. So guilt is the enemy of isolating yourself from finding out what reality looks like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once I found out what reality was for my family, now I don't have to be guilty because I know what the rules are. Right. Um and a lot of times we don't play by the, we play by the rules we set up for what we think motherhood looks like, what we think motherhood looks like because we're seeing other families or other people and so I'm not comparing myself to anything but how my children care about you know my, my flow my walk my mm-hmm, destiny
1: mm-hmm, so I don't mm-hmm. have to
0: carry guilt anymore
1: right and then looking at others comp- the other thing the comparison junkies also if you fall down that hole yeah don't yeah, go down that don't go no, really don't. yeah Mm-mm. so yeah and that's a, yeah, the that's devil's
0: a, waiting down there
1: <laughs> that's a challenge of also with social media and the the images of perfection which is which is it, like if we look at Instagram for example it's just like there's so many images of perfection and it, whereas it used to start off with the odd selfie where you could be doing anything and then suddenly it became right. everyone's creating a magazine of their life and it's like it's not really yeah, like no. that it's no. not really like that you know and so it feels a bit so that's a big manufactured ram- yeah very yeah. manufactured it does what it does and then but to understand what it really is is important yeah 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 for sure so when you think about your own drive you see when you so started started it up what what lies yeah. behind your drive what's the motivator well, you know it's it,
0: this is it, and I think about this often because is drive are you born with drive or is drive attain throughout your journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe that anybody can get drive and there are different drivers in your life. You either let them drive you out of the game or let you drive them to the top of the game. Right. right? So I realized in, in this, probably in the last couple of years in self-reflection, part of that drive came from people thought I looked a certain way, so I couldn't be talented and smart that I got what I got because of how I presented myself. Mm -hmm. And what people didn't realize is that a lot of times people didn't give me the opportunity because they thought I was only something and not smart. So like, there's both of these sides convening on their perception of me and not even having one conversation. So I've been driven to, you know, Mm -hmm. past in the days, now I don't really care, but I was driven to prove people wrong. Mm. Right. So that was my driver. Like, you're wrong. Like, oh, I'm talented. Oh, I'm not going to get an A in this math class. Keep watching. Right. So I've always been driven by competition and people's perception of me that was wrong. Right. Right. Like I could hear the chatter. and now. I don't care. Now I'm driven because at the end of my life, I don't want to make it to the kingdom of heaven. And I stand before God and, he's, and I see all these gifts and he's like, those are the ones you didn't open. So I want to right. open up every single gift that he has for me. I want to change every single life that I can. I want to keep a promise to my dad. So now there are different drivers. And so what I would tell your audience is that don't let something happen and not say, did that happen? for a reason. Did that, is that a reminder that I'm not doing enough that, you know, that I can be more, do more, like use Mm -hmm. it. Is that the, the small voice of God giving me a little push? Right. You know, we just all watched the last dance with Michael Jordan there's, was it true? Was it not true? I don't even really care if it was true or not. It was motivation for me and my family, like, yo, this man was driven. Like nobody can take that a way that he wanted to be the best, he put the work in it. He had an attitude and a walk. He like you couldn't talk smack to him. Right. You, so you, right. we had our everybody watch. I was like, "Yo, you see this right here? That's what hard work does. That's what wanting to be the best does. That's what preparing your life for this does. carrying yourself a certain way. So yeah, so you know, there are just different drivers, and you have to make a personal decision that you know what I think that little nudge was for me.
1: Mm. You know. Mm. And then, do you see the nudge as it's happening, or it, or do you I really mean, have I to? Do, or have you had experiences where you really yes, had to be hit upside question. your head before you? Yeah, that's a,
0: that's a good you. Question. That's why you know a lot of people don't even know themselves, right? And right. I did this talk, chalk on board transformation the two two episodes back, and it was like know thyself, get to know yourself. Mm-hmm, we are in a time that we are in our homes. Most of us can't go places and we don't even want to look at ourselves in the mirror because we don't like what we see. And I'm not talking from a physical manifestation. I'm talking about if you really look at yourself, do you like what you see? And I can say this explicitly because I was one of those people. I didn't like what I saw. I didn't like, I wasn't working out enough. I wasn't praying enough. I was like the three minute prayer where I stopped in the morning, run out the house. like, <laughs> God, this is not my life. This is yeah. not my honor to God. This is not right. So I didn't like myself. So first of all, you got to know
1: thyself
0: mm-hmm. in order to know what triggers you have in order to know when God is speaking to you in order right. to know what people are around you that are good. For you and not. So you have to take this moment in time. If nothing else, like you don't think that like my God is power enough to end all of this. There is a reason he's not Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So use this opportunity to really, really dig in. And once you know yourself, then you know, Oh, that little ding, Oh, that was to drive me. Oh, that was to give me a reminder. I'm not doing enough. I'm not saying enough. I'm not walking in my destiny. Cause then you'll know, cause it's not an easy part. Like I can't, it's not easy. I'll no. be 54. I, I like it took time in order for me to know that. But now that I know that I'm telling all my sisters young and old, take the time to know when it's time for that drive.
1: Yeah. To listen. I think you have to, I think the thing about slowing down is allowing you to listen. If you don't fill up the time with just stuff, you know, it's like
0: oh yeah, don't there's love lots of yet.
1: distractions that are possible yeah. when you're at home. But like if you're allowing yourself to really really ask the question and, and then answer those questions for yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well I'll tell you this. When um when I decided to write my book and I was really busy and I was on planes all the time, I was at BET and I was heading up sales for BET her and I had a team across the nation and I was like really, really busy, right? And I took an hour back a day from social media, like, cause I like to look at the blogs mm. and see what's going on. It was like my little. It was like you know, like we convince ourselves that's the a reward for a hard work day, right? And and what I found out is once I wrote my first book, wow, that was such a much better reward than following someone else's life that I didn't even really like, honor, or respect. And so now <laughs> I wrote this book, and people are following me, right?
1: It like, is it's, so it's true.
0: true. Yeah. it Yeah. So I, I took an hour back from all that foolishness and I wrote my first book in six months.
1: Listen, just you saying that, uh, you know, because I've been talking about my book for, I want to say, well, I even wrote uh, like uh, uh, my out, you know outline. Like outline. And I, but I think it was, mm-hmm. in, in truth, I want to, it, it happened in 2018, I was going to write my book and then my mom passed away. So, uh, you know, then I just... Yeah. Was dealing with that. And, um, but then the story that comes back is I don't have time to write a book, you know? And when you share that, it's just like, that's not true. I could totally get, I could totally grab an hour back. I could totally grab an hour back a day. About a
0: one hour. I could totally grab an hour hour back a day. I could just be,
1: I could be like five till six in the morning. I write a book, right? I'd start work, work on my book.
0: Shirley, let me tell you something. You, just, you better get it done. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you again and you haven't read that book.
1: She'd be like, okay? uh, I'm yeah, just like... Strate- dem-
0: you don't want to meet the strategic. She's not. She's <laughs> hardcore. You're talking to Michelle right now. When I turned into a strategic, I got all kinds of questions. I'm like, yo, what? What you mean? Let me, no, I'll peel your day back. I was like, oh, that was 30 minutes wasted. <laughs> That's oh, that right. Was wasted. <laughs>
1: That's right. Well, I am recognizing that I've managed to do a number of things in this time, and seeing how much time in my traveling—I traveled a lot, you know—I was away at least every other week, and mm-hmm. how much time in airports, on the way to the airport, on the way back from the airport, getting stuck in traffic, all of that stuff is hours, hours that yeah. is now available. And now, things you
0: can just dictate your story, and it sends you an email or it puts it in a file for you to. You could just, I dict my third book. I just talked in the car. I was like, oh yeah, this point, this point. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it
0: dictates for you. Just send you an email. It's like, do you want to send this email? Sure do. Thank you. And then you just correct it. Yeah, of course. Of
1: course. But that's a whole. Oh yeah. There are no excuses. Oh, listen, that's just opened up a whole. Wow. I could dictate it. I could dictate it. I'm so old school, man. I don't even use Siri on my phone. So I need to get with the program. I need to get with the program. I, you know what? You have inspired me. And now everyone, not only you, I've just told everyone else that I'm going to start working on it, you know, cause it's there. Yes, I know ma'am. what, I know what the work is. I know what the work is. I wanted to ask you what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced in your yeah. life.
0: And I just, I just realized this and you know, it's just, it's, it's like, it's humbling to know that like, God has not done, you know, even all the things you've accomplished and all the honors. And so my biggest challenge is that people would hire me because I'm different, because I'm a unicorn, because of my experience, because I'm the only black woman or one of the few black women who actually understands television sales and the math Mm -hmm. and monetization behind it, Mm -hmm. you know, because of my Rolodex. And then as soon as you get in the company, they're like, oh, that you're amazing. And you're so different. And we hired you because you're one of the highest ranking black women. Now go understand the culture and fit in.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. So then that means what I have to do is I have to leave all of my blackness, all of my unique experience mm-hmm. someplace because you want me to fit into a culture just like everyone else. When there's right. really no one else here like me, right. which is the most, and people don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. And so my fourth book is about this entire notion of that mm-hmm. um, and how it just diminishes your ability to get the most out of an employee. And then they become unengaged and, yeah. And then they they're not then they're not as valuable as they could be. Right. And so I so I'm not going to just talk about that, but I have ideas about how to change that. Right. How to bring people like me into an organization and allow me to thrive to build your profitability up in in which you had me to do. So I'm I'm really excited about it because it's a really big question, and I hear it all the time because as soon as I get in the company. All of the black employees, all the women are like, oh, my God, help
1: me. Yeah. Right.
0: Because they'll come whisper to me and it shouldn't be a whisper. It should be a demand on the marketplace. Stop it. Stop doing that. Don't hire me and ask me to be different. That's just ridiculous. Right. So you stop doing the same thing and expect a new result.
1: This is exactly one of the things that I deal with when I'm coaching senior women of color, because it then drives them so crazy because crazy. every day they're trying to be, bring their best self to work to do the work that they were engaged to do. And then they are getting yep. the feedback that can you not be so fill in the blank? Yep. And they're like, yep. but that's me. And I don't know how to be something else. And when I'm trying to be something else, I'm not being, True. Then I'm focused on that. Then I'm not focused on. And can you not show up so large or can you just take it down a notch that feedback like that, which is insane, because, as you said, that's what got them in the door in the first place. And then it becomes this battle. And then by the time, sometimes by the time that I'm working with them, the confidence has started to wane and they begin to say, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't yeah, understand who sure. I am. And then it's like, it's, a, it's about to kind of return themselves, why I call it, return themselves to themselves, where they can just rediscover who they are and get the confidence back and then make decisions about, like, how do I do this if they still choose yeah. to do it, you know? Yeah. And that's so it's exciting. It's exciting. Do you mind me asking you about your dad and the moment when, because you share yeah. about him passing away and the um, yeah. decision, that promise that you made, because it seems to be such a pivotal moment for you is what I'm assuming. And I'm saying that, I mean, I had a, an experience when my dad passed away and it, I, so I, I, I'm resonating. Yeah. I'm resonating. Yeah. And do so you mind sharing the prompt, that promise, which has been one of the motivators and drivers for you?
0: I'll never forget the moment I was at home and I lived with my dad at the time and my mom, I Had moved back to Montreal because her parents uh, had passed away, and so my dad came in. He's like, "Oh yeah, I went to the doctor today, and you know they said I have leukemia." And I was like, "Well, that doesn't sound good." And I was young, like I didn't really understand what that meant. And then so you know, there's this journey that he and I went through. And I want to say, I think my brother was my brother may have been in the military. No, I don't know. My brother didn't. He lived in Phoenix or something like that. So he wasn't there. So it was really just my dad and I and we were kindred spirits. And so I went through this journey with him of, you know, him getting healthy and, you know, the doctors back and forth and this and that. And so, you know, he really, what he taught me was you never complain. You never make excuses. Like the lessons that this dude showed me um in his dealing with, you know, death, mm-hmm. it was like, it, it truly has made me the woman I am today. I'll never forget I would sleep at the hospital most night because what I noticed is that people that didn't have people there weren't treated the same. Yeah. You know, they didn't get the same care. And so my dad was so crazy. He would take his little thing and he'd be walking up and down the hallways to make sure everyone else was treated okay. So he would go visit the other, I was like, if you don't go get it, yet. but that's the type of person he was. Right. right. And so I would spend the night on uh, some nights. And then I was, I, I was late to work a couple of days. He's like, I do not want you to be late to work. Cause I don't want you to use this illness that I'm sick as a reason that you're not giving your best. This is your life. And I, you know, you've been given such an opportunity. I remember my boss asked me, Hey, Michelle, what's up? You know, you've been late. It's just not like you. And I was like, well, my dad kind of made me make a promise, but you know, he's really sick. He's in the hospital. She's like, what? Mm-hmm. She's like, of course. Mm-hmm. I was like, he doesn't even want me. Like he wants me here at work doing my best, giving my best. So because of those lessons, mm-hmm. surely, that he taught me on his four year journey. And at the very end, he couldn't even talk. He, you know, he was just laying there and I was just like, you know what? You've taught me so much. I'm going to take your commitment to community, your commitment to other people, your like self, a selfless acts of giving to a community that is oftentimes overlooked. Like I'm going to put that on steroids and I'm going to make sure that I continue your legacy. And I believe he's super proud of what I have not accomplished for myself, but accomplished for my community. Mm. You know, I still give back to the East Oakland youth development center, scholarship in his name, every year for those people that have an entrepreneurial spirit I give to the men like I just give I give clothes I give this you know we have like you know I I because I'm so blessed and to whom much is given much is required and I own that so he's really proud of what I've been able to accomplish and yo sis I'm not done yet
1: Uh, when you were sharing I really could see like every act is he's present in every act
0: yeah, like you know? like for real, and it's not that my mom is like my mom is an amazing like she's mm-hmm. still living she's an amazing person she's a strong willed but my you know it's like girls and dads mm-hmm. like we just have this connection that I'm sure you understand because yeah, uh, you you had the unfortunate mm-hmm. thing to lose your dad and you know at the time my dad was 59 he was so young wow you know?
1: that yeah that is young that is so young Yep. Yeah. It's, and it's like, it's a huge loss. It's a huge loss as well. It's was that. Would you say that was one of your most courageous moments that period, or is there some other time where you would say that some other time that was more courageous for you, for you?
0: I think it took courage to, after he passed and, you know, in his passing, you think, Oh my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. But it's all, it was also, you know, cause God decides when you will come and when you will go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also freed me to leave because I wouldn't be the woman I am had I not, had he not passed away and had I not moved to New York. Okay. So it was also an opportunity. So I think the courage came after he passed to make decisions to keep that promise, to work hard, to, you know, take advantage of opportunities and to give my best. Right. So I think that was a, such a courageous act because I didn't know anyone in New York when I moved. I just picked up and moved. I was like,
1: okay, wow. here I go. <laughs> what made you choose? So, what was it that the why? Why New York? People oh, ask me this so, all the I time. Have... about Why Chicago? So I'm always curious. Why New? York?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. What people uh, Yeah, exactly. Especially in the winter time, i oh, like, yeah. girl, you should. Sure yeah, to be because
1: I didn't know. Is the truth. I mean, let's just be real. I didn't know what I was doing in terms of the winter. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know. Exactly. People, people would say, it's really cold. I'm like, listen. Oh, so we know colds, but no, we don't. We don't know colds. We don't know no, Chicago no, colds. Not that mm-hmm. Chicago cold. Coming around like Michigan. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. No. Um,
0: so if you want to be in the advertising business, then you have to live in New York. Okay. Like it's just, if you want to learn it, if you want to be in the middle of it, you've got to be on Madison Avenue and walk up and down that street. And so the Weather Channel, they said, you know, you just have so much potential. We see so much potential in you. You need to move to New York to actually fulfill that uh, for the company, and so they moved me to New York. And I hadn't planned on staying, but then met my husband.
1: Right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. still here. Okay, <laughs> with,
0: with a whole coat full of, with a whole closet full of coats because I can't stand the cold.
1: Because you're still a you're still a Californian at heart, really. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, girl, yes. It's so good. Okay, so um, I so then let's. So you said about your mom. What was the things that your mom, I have a question about what mama used to say. Was there something that what your mama said, it could be your grandma, It could be an old aunt. It could be someone in your older female elder in your, in your life that sticks with you.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, um, so my aunt, My dad's sister uh, is a woman in her own right to be reckoned with. Her name is Dr. Shirley Thornton. Mm -hmm. Shirley, another Shirley. (laughs) Um, Dr. Shirley Thornton. And she uh, has been an educator her entire life. She retired as a colonel in the forces, in the reserves. And she's still going. She just had her 80-something birthday, I think. But she is a force to be reckoned with. And I'll never forget it. I went to go see her speak. And I think that's when I got this bug about, I'm going to be a speaker and you know, Mm -hmm. I'm with the Washington Speakers Bureau, which I love them. And she said, when I walk in the door, I'm a black woman first, then I'm a woman. She said, and then they may want to get and take the time to understand that I have two PhDs, but we may not get to that. (laughs) And it, it, it hit me so hard that, wow, Like People can say whatever they want to say, but people with a hue to their skin, it's the first thing that people see. And there are certain judgments that take place because of experiences you've had. So you don't even take the time to get to know somebody, Right. right? And it's this whole notion of unconscious bias. There's no way for you to be inclusive if you don't really take the time to get to know that individual for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that notion of what my aunt said and I was in my early twenties, I think, it it has never, ever, ever, ever left me. Yeah. Like I just it's. It, it was just such a powerful statement, and for her to say it back then, she was like, "I don't even care. Y'all need to know this is ridiculous." I said, "You better go on to."
1: <laughs> but it's so the truth, which is what we're in the midst of this heightened conversation right now in America, yes, right? Yeah. With with the unfortunate killing of George Floyd last week. Floyd, yeah. Well, let's just say the week started off with Amy in Central Park. It did. Amy Cooper in Central Park and it brought to the foreground again but it's always there just exactly what you're speaking about what sense are you making of it right now if you can make any sense of where we are you know i
0: the world is purging everything bad i believe like the world needed a break if you even look at the statistics the ozone layers are closing. Exactly. The birds are chirping. The skies are blue. The emissions are down. Del- like the world was on the brink of like just collapse. And so what we are seeing and and i like this, I just really feel like this, right? So first is COVID, which mm-hmm. I'm, I had COVID. I'm a survivor. Like, oh, wow. The beginning of March. Um, wow. And so my whole family, you know, has tested for the antibodies, but you know, going through this whole process, I just had time to really, really think. And if you think about it, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's interesting to me that the people that are getting it for the most part are people that have some type of predisposition Mm -hmm. to an illness, right? Mm -hmm. People that are older. Mm -hmm. And then now we're seeing in babies, is, you know, forming some other, you know, some type of manifestation, some other way. But it's interesting to me that all of these people are dying that are, that we're putting pressure on the system. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like, I don't know what that means, but I'm just paying attention. I'm reading, I'm following it every morning. I get up not to the point of being crazy, but I just want to see how this is unfolding. Right. Like I get on my prayer call every morning. And we're praying for those families that have lost people. People on our prayer call have lost people. Like this is just so crazy. But then to see like the locust coming in Africa,
1: And then to see the
0: wasps, the big black, whatever hornet wasp are coming here. And then all of this unrest. Let me tell you, TD Jack said it yesterday. He says, if you haven't ever picked up the Bible, it's the end of times. I mean, it just talks about that over and over again. There will be this unrest. And then you see that it's, we're just like burning things down. I mean, it's really, it's really sad and it's really crazy. Uh, because it, the, the, other, the last thing I want to say about it, I don't know if the reaction would have been the same had people not been locked up and wanting to get out and I, having right. this pent up frustration and
1: anger. Yeah, right. I had that thought. It's
0: like yeah. I, I, I've been locked up and I'm already mad about it because this is ridiculous. And I do believe like we've lost so many lives. We've lost so many lives. This was so blatant in Minneapolis that it was just it is really just ridiculous. Is is like they it it has to stop. It it has to stop.
1: It really does, and it's the injustice on top of the injustice that's also that that you can't and is there trust even that there's. Question? This... Yeah, that's right. the bit where where we if we think back to four or five years ago, it was like, well, if there was cameras, then, but there's no shortage of video footage of any of this, usually any of it, and then we yes. to view it. And I think the thing that we're seeing is. It's social media is now becoming the the law. You know, when there's outrage, then there's action, and so that's the that's now the message. You know, when there's sufficient outrage, then we'll look again and we'll go, oh, we should arrest, or oh, we should charge, or oh, we yeah, should. you got to
0: prove it to me, right? Like you have to prove it. And now, so th- you know, I will say this: what I what I do and who I am, like really commending. Are the man, uh, the mayor of Atlanta and the mayor of Chicago.
1: Yes, I believe
0: both black women. Yes, right, absolutely. Have really, they 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 to the plate. They're speaking their mind. They're right. swift. They're like
1: they're making a decision. Right on both. And I love them for that. On both the COVID, COVID pandemic and yep. these and the the, the, protesting. the, the, the protesting. both of them are really demonstrating what leadership looks like and and the ability to lead in the crisis the clarity the focus the no mess the and the then authenticity.
0: the f- authenticity
1: yes. the fairness i mean i'm loving both of the, i'm loving both of them I'm and i'm loving like, that truly. truly and i'm also loving the swift like the swift action over the last couple mm-hmm. of days as well and yeah i and the difference for when you are in those hands as a community living in those spaces, you think she's got it. She's gonna, yeah. like I feel safe in this space, in the knowledge that she's committed to a longer term transformation, that that conversation and that work will get done and we'll be at work at it versus yeah. in the past. You're like, when the protests are over, what's gonna change? You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's an, there's an opportunity certainly to, for change with someone like Laurie, I feel, yeah, we feel proud. Very proud. Very proud of, very proud of both of them. And also I wanted to say in a real demonstration of what's possible, you
0: Mm -hmm. know, when,
1: when black women lead. And yeah, a lot, I just, I think
0: this is, you know, I think this is truly a testament to like, um, you know how Keisha has the uh, can I call the mayor of Atlanta? I'll call her mayor Mayor Keisha. Yeah, right. You know how she has has just been a, a true leader in this, and you know for everybody, she's like, I'm calling the police out. Y'all wrong. You're fired. But how about you stop burning down my buildings?
1: Like I just yeah, love. Her. Yeah. I mean, there's just yeah, such clarity around yeah, her message. Yeah. Around. Well, she's calling what is. Yes. It's not. It's yep. that's. I think with both of with both of them, I think there isn't. There's no spin. It's just like, this is what's happening. I hear you. Yeah. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. This is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. This is the basis yep. on which I'm making my decisions. It's transparent, you know, and you just know where you are. And that's what people yeah. need. That's what we, we need. We need we, that, that. It's called leadership, <laughs> which is severely lacking in so many places. And we see the yeah. impact of that. So it's, I'm excited for the future in, in, in both states as a result of their leadership, but there's a big battle ahead too. For sure.
0: There's a big battle
1: ahead. What's your hopes for the future?
0: Yeah. You know, like in any time that there has been any type of tragedy or, you know, something that bad that has happened, we know that there's always a mountaintop Mm -hmm. and this country you know, our people have such an opportunity to learn from this, to bind together, to grow, to understand that we have so many more commonalities than we have differences. Mm -hmm. And that the things that are happening, like COVID, you know, the Black community has been affected in Mm -hmm. certain communities. and But it really, to me, is not like, it's just getting every, like, it's attacking different people and different things. So Like we're all in this together. We're trying to fight a disease together. We're trying to, you know, social distance together. So I really truly pray. um, And I know that God will have the final say, but I hope people hear him talking. Mm. Um, And I hope that they understand that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to be better, to learn, to grow, to come out of this bigger, better, stronger. And that all the little problems that we had around, you did this and you did it. Does that really It doesn't even matter. I, a matter of fact, I made a joke to my friend. I was like, everybody's forgiven in the time of COVID. Everybody, we're going to all start new. I don't even, okay, that happened. Let's put that behind us. Right. Um, right. Because this has been so challenging. So that's my prayer for the world is that we can really come out and be better for it.
1: I my mm. mm. like, I've got one more question, which is my, I call it my Oprah question. Yeah. You. My other question is: So, if you look back at a younger Michelle, maybe the twelve-year-old, yeah. who was running around the restaurant, if, yeah, yeah. If right. that, if that's what you were doing around the restaurant, I don't know if you ran around the restaurant, but what if you were working? The restaurant, yeah. The three things that you would tell you wanted to tell the younger Michelle: What would be those three things that you wanted to share with you, her?
0: Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if there are three, but what I'll tell you is this. Um, Someone just asked me to write a letter to a younger woman and the letter went something like this. And I didn't know you were going to ask me this question, but the letter went something like this is that I was, uh, you know, I was in a black car service uh, with tinted windows with my name in the front because I was headed to the BET awards and I was dressed up and I was excited and I pulled up and they called my name. They're like, oh, it's Michelle Thorne G here. And they're like, oh, let her up you know, I got there and they're like, you're going to walk the carpet. And I was like, oh yeah, i walk the carpet. And I walked the red carpet um, and I saw these celebrities and I did all this and I, and, you know, and I got to the end of the carpet and I turned around and I was like, man, like, this is great, but like, it's not the end all be all, mm. right? And, and, I, and it, it just, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, my life is more than this. Mm. Um, and I'm more than this. Uh, to women, and I want more than just this moment. Like it's a great moment, mm-hmm. but it's not the end all be all if that makes any type of sense.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. So the red carpet in my life is giving and I'm um, teaching and being available, um, and carrying myself with respect, because I know people are watching, and that's my red carpet, so it doesn't have to be dressed up, and it doesn't have to be the cameras, and lights, and and all of this, and it was such a moment for me, like, because when I got to the end, I was like, okay, that was good, right, (laughs) but there were so many amazing moments in my life that didn't have cameras, and that that didn't have things shining on them, so if I could tell anybody, I would tell them that, don't just live for moments when people are watching mm-hmm. and lights are shining and social media, because all those things will fade and go away, that you have to live your life of purpose and of destiny and giving, because then what will be bestowed upon you, you can't even imagine You know what, what is in store for you. So I, I, I would tell that because we live in a society now where we're telling our whole entire life on social media and a lot of times those moments are used against us to not hire us to mm-hmm. not promote us to not you know want to mention us because we've done something or someone said something or we're tied to a friend like they're using this these moments as our resume right um to not give us so i would say you know in the time that we live now you got to be really careful about what you honor and what you post and who your friends are and, and you think that, you know, it's not being recorded when everything is, I would say, you know, understand that when they, when, when the system can use something against you still today, that's going to happen. So right. tread carefully and pay yeah. attention.
1: Right. Yes. I think the most important things aren't on camera. In fact, you know, in where they're, really not. Not. they're really not. And that, that was, really that's not.
0: my whole point about that. I was like, man, like this was great, but man, I've had some, great moments in my life, you know, like that, that feeling of helping a woman and, you know, to have a breakthrough and says, sis, I wrote my book because I spoke to you or mm. sis, I ended that relationship because right. of, like that feeling was so much greater than walking with the greatest stars in the world. Like that to me is my, like that to me is my form of success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the you get to, to really make such a difference that it literally changes someone's life. Yeah, right. man,
0: like to me that's yeah. my shining moment. Yeah. That's my
1: camera. That's my light. that's, that's my your red, red carpet. carpet. That's your that's red my carpet, right. right? That's good. Right. Yeah. Right. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Oh,
0: man, I'm so glad I t- took time to do this. You know, um when the Washington beaker when the Washington Speaker Bureau sends me a little note, then I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that one. Yeah.
1: So Thank you. Thank you yeah, cuz I I'm reached, so glad out. You
0: reached out. Yeah. I reached
1: out. You've been on my It's so funny because you make you know, you've been on my list. And then I <laughs> finally reached out because you think, mm, should I reach out? And um, but you've been on my list for a long time. And um, I'm, I'm really glad so that glad. I reached out. So thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. And I'm looking forward to when your book comes out. I'm looking yeah. forward to when my book comes out. And, yeah. <laughs> just you Bye. know, really like I'm really going to do the work and explore how I get that done. Absolutely. So, thank you for inspiring me today, as well, and inspiring our listeners as well.
0: Yeah, and I would just want to thank you for doing the work, you know, and for trying to serve us, um, women and give us information, and uh, like we should appreciate it. We, it should not be. It shouldn't go unthanked. So, thank you for creating this platform.
1: I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. You can see how much I love speaking to Michelle. She's so inspiring. She's so empowering. And I left with my own powerful insight about. I really am going to write my book this year. I'm going to start writing my book this year at least. I'm going to absolutely start work, work, working on that. I love that she is following her purpose and her passion. That she's using the space that the pandemic has provided her to write, to create, and plan. And um, I'm, you know, I've got my eyes you know, watching to see what shows up for Michelle in the next few months and years. And so I'm just really, just really appreciated our conversation. I love, 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 love talking to Michelle. Loved it. Loved it. And it leaves me so inspired, you know, when when I get to spend time with women like her. I hope that you have been inspired to shift gears in your own life and that you... And I mean that, that you really get something from this interview and you apply it to what's happening right now in your own life as you, as you do your own processing in this time. You know, I, if you are loving the show, if you are enjoying the show, can you rate and review the show on iTunes? It makes a huge difference. I've seen a growth in the, in the show this month and I want to keep, keep it going and keep growing the show. So please rate and review the show and also share the show as well i want to thank people who are giving shout outs for the show and my work on instagram i appreciate you and i see you and it makes a huge difference to me to know that you're getting so much value from the show and that you think that other people will women will do the same so thank you so much for giving me some shout outs and um, i really appreciate the work don't forget to head over to Amazonaswell.com forward slash um She's Got Drive journals where you can get my gratitude journal and um and also the beautiful notebooks as well that are there. They really are beautiful designs with inspiring words by black women, um historical black figures and um are on there and there's more to come so there'll be more um, on its way I'm doing some more work there so please I think in this moment spending time being thinking about what we're grateful for each and every day is a beautiful practice and the 30 days of gratitude making every day count I'm sure will be a great addition for you She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Valtelina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Until next time, go well and stay well.